Welcome to What's Up, Wellness from the Third Floor. This podcast is provided by the Wellness and Health Action Team, also known as WHAT, from Portland State University's Center for Student Health and Counseling, or SHAC. We're located in the old tutoring center suite on the third floor of the University Center building on campus. Our purpose with this podcast is to discuss a variety of health-related topics in a way that will be accessible for our non-traditional campus. My name is Grace, and my pronouns are she, her. My name is Quinn, and my pronouns are he, him. And my name is Julie, and my pronouns are she, her. We're all members of the Wellness and Health Action Team, and we'll be the hosts for this podcast, so let's get into it. All right. Hi, welcome back, everyone. Good morning, Grace. Hi, Julie. Good morning. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited because we have Dana Johnson here from the Financial Wellness Center. Yes. Hello, Dana. Hey, Grace and Julie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about taxes and money today. Yes. Such such thrilling topics. <laughs> Everybody loves to talk money. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, really. Um, yeah, Dana, if you can just quickly introduce yourself and introduce the Financial Wellness Center, what y'all got for students and yeah, all that. Yeah. So of course, my name is Dana. And so I am a peer mentor at the Financial Wellness Center. So it means I'm also a student. I am studying accounting and I actually have plans to go into the tax profession. And I do have a blog on personal finances. And so anyway, uh, the Financial Wellness Center really helps students with personal finances in general. A lot of things that students do come to us for are paying off their past due balances or just figuring out how they'll pay for college in general. But then other things we help with are budgeting, uh, paying off debt and building credit, just things like that. And our center does get a lot of questions about taxes. So I, I am excited to share what resources are available in regard to the topic. And then the blog I was talking about, it's called budget advisor blog. You can find it on Instagram. And I just post relatable tips on personal finances. It's geared towards students. And so hopefully you'll be able to check that out. I love that. That's so cool. Oh, and a quick (laughs) disclaimer. I am not a tax professional, nor is anyone in the financial wellness center office. And everything that I'm about to share will be educational and not intended to be advice. Tax is a very substantial topic, and this will only cover the surface. And so I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there. Thank you. I feel Mm -hmm. like I don't even know the surface of taxes. Like I do taxes. I'm I'm literally just like, I'm doing it with my eyes closed. I'm like, okay, we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. I just, so I appreciate this conversation regardless of if you're a professional or not, because I know that I'm definitely going to learn something and I'm excited to check out your blog. That sounds cool. Thank you. Relatable girl boss, financial wellness. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. I think Grace and I are probably going to get a lot out of this and, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm pretty sure other students will also relate to that. So we're very lucky to have you on here. Thank you very much, Dana. Thank you. Yeah, so um, we're going to get started with our first question. And our first question is, when can I start filing my taxes? And when is the best time? And is it bad to file them later in the year? And I know many of us 
always push it till the end of the year because none of us mm-hmm. ever want to file our taxes. So yeah, if you can answer mm-hmm. those questions. Yeah, great question. So in general, taxpayers can start paying their taxes mid to late January. And as of this year, they are due Monday, April 18th. So pretty soon. And in terms of timing, it really depends on your situation. And so what I like to say, the best time is the time that works for you, but it is especially the time that you have all of your tax documents ready. For me personally, I usually file as soon as I can just to get it out of the way. But this year I actually did it during spring break because that's when I had some downtime. And so that's what worked for me. But when you decide to do it is, you know, you may have your own reasons, but there are some benefits to doing it early or at least in the middle, like now I would say. So first of all, just having the peace of mind of getting it over with. That's why I used to do it. Well, I usually do it uh, very soon just because it seems like a pretty big task. But then another thing is just taking your time to complete them. So people, you don't want to rush through them because you could likely make a mistake and then have to amend your return. And so if you start to file, you can save your progress and always go back to it and then just look at it with fresh eyes. And so I would say that's really helpful. And then another benefit to doing it early is let's say you have to pay and you don't get a refund this year. You might need time to decide how you're going to pay for it. And so you can start filing, but you don't actually have to pay it until April 18th. And so if you start early, you can say, Oh, I can start setting aside money to pay that off. And then next things to be aware of if you're filing close to the deadline is that, well, you don't want to make any mistakes because if you have to rush through it, you could easily click the wrong thing or insert the wrong number. And you just don't want to be in that situation. And you probably don't want to have to amend. Filing an amendment doesn't mean you have an extension to pay. You still have to pay that amount on April 18th. And I've talked to people that haven't filed their taxes yet and they say it with such stress and like they don't seem to be excited because they're just stressed and they keep putting it off. And so you can definitely wait, but I would suggest just doing it a little bit earlier. And so, yeah, that's that's what I would say. That makes sense. I feel like earlier is always better with this type of stuff, just because like you said, you don't want to make a mistake. And I feel like taxes are just kind of this big, scary thing. And, um, I, I don't think that we're really taught sufficiently about taxes in public schools. And so when you go onto the adult world and you have to file taxes, I literally like the first time I filed taxes, I thought that I was like going to go to jail if I put like a, <laughs> a eight instead of a seven or something. Like I literally was like, this is it. Like, this is my time. Like I'm already putting the handcuffs on, like they're taking me the IRS, but yeah. So I, I appreciate your little speech about doing it early because earlier is better in most scenarios. So especially with taxes. Um, so yeah, moving on. Um, what are some of the basic information 
or paperwork that I need to have when I file my taxes. Yeah. So please keep in mind the paperwork and information you need will really depend on your unique situation. And so what I'll share with you is really the basics. Although again, this is just scratching the surface and it may be different depending on your situation. So first of all, your W-2s, this is, it shows your wages and income from place of employment. And so this should be mailed out to you. And if you haven't gotten it yet, do talk to your employer. And then next up, assuming your student, it, you'll need a 1098T. And this is available in your banner in the student finance section. This basically shows all the payments received and payments made for qualified education expenses. And why they have this is because it'll help determine if you qualify for two different education tax credits, the American Opportunity Credit and the Lifetime Learning Credit. Essentially, when you hear me say credit, a credit lowers your tax bill, but a deduction lowers your taxable income. And so keep that in mind when I use those terms and you'll, credits are something you'll likely want. And so hopefully you'll qualify for one of those credits. And then another thing you'll receive, you may receive is a 1099. And this form is generally for contractors or freelancers. And for example, let's say you did Uber, Lyft, Rover, DoorDash, Etsy, you may receive a 1099 only if you made more than $600. And so I do Rover, which is dog walking. And I noticed I didn't get a 1099. And I was like, why didn't I get a 1099? And I did research. It's because I made less than 600. Although I still have to report that income, which you can find within the app. And so moving on, if you have sold any investments, you'll also receive a 1099, either via email or via mail. And so you'll have to report that. And something I didn't know until recently is if you made more than $10 in interest from a savings account, you have to report that as income as well. And you'll get a 1099 for that as well. And something I don't know if everyone realizes, but if you made unemployment income, you have to pay taxes on that because it's replacing lost income and you'll get a 1099G for that. Basically, any documents that show your income or any expenses that you could use as a deduction, you'll definitely want to keep track of. And the good news is that when you do file your taxes, the tax software will ask you, do you have this? Do you have this? And then you'll know if you have that or not. And so hopefully this helps provide some basic information. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and this is like a I don't know if this can be like a far-stretched question, like if you know the answers or not, but mm -hmm. I know that many students received the COVID relief funding um, during the pandemic. Are those taxable? Do they have to report that or? That is such a great question. I'm glad you asked. No, you do not have to report that. That is just grant money. And I received it myself and did not have to report it. So yeah, there's certainly things you don't have to report. And when you file a little, sometimes there's a little information section that shows what you don't need to report. And so 
can always like look that up, but yeah, don't have to report that. Yeah, thank you so much for that, because I know many of us students received it, but some mm -hmm. of us might be wondering, you know, whether or not to report that or not. So thanks for that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and that brings us to our next question is, where can I get my taxes filed? We're talking about filing taxes, but we're wondering where we can get that done. Mm -hmm. um, which platform is the most convenient and accessible and affordable? Yeah, so... There are a lot of different places you can file your taxes, and I'm going to talk about three. So first of all, there is what's called IRS free file, and it's basically a lot of free. There's different software packages. They're all free. You basically pick between the one that you want to work with, and then you file there. That's actually where I filed my taxes this year for the first time, because I didn't want to have to pay to file my taxes. And so you can find that on the IRS website, just look up IRS free file. And it's also pretty easy, I would say. And then another great resource is called Cash Oregon. So they offer free tax assistance. You can file online by yourself, or you can actually work with somebody and you can work with them online or in person. And so, there are some limitations for who they can help. I think if it, if your tax returns are super complicated, they may not be able to work with you, but it is listed on their website. And so it's just Cash Oregon, and then you can see if you can work with them. And then third, I wanna talk about TurboTax and H&R Block and just clear some things up. So often people think those are like the only places you can file taxes. And I thought that true for myself. Like, I used to do TurboTax and I didn't even know there was IRS free file. Although the thing to keep in mind with those softwares is you have to pay in order to file your taxes. There are few cases where you actually file for free with them. And the thing, as you go through the software, they'll ask you, do you wanna upgrade for hundred dollars? Do you wanna upgrade? And they keep asking for all these up charges and Another example of that, if you have any self-employment income, such as from Rover, you have to pay extra money to report that. And if you know money is tight and you don't want to pay that, you might want to consider IRS free file. And anyway, the links to Cash Organ and IRS free file can be found on our FWC website. Just look up FW, FWC PSU scroll to the bottom, and then there are the links for tax resources. The thing I just want to highlight, choose the software that works for you. You know, do the one that you feel comfortable with, the one you feel confident with. If you need to work with someone, then there's nothing wrong with TurboTax and HR Block. They do have tax professionals. That's totally okay. And so at the end of the day, just do your own research, and then you'll know which one you'd like to file with. So I hope that clears that up. Yeah, that's great. And we'll also link um, the website in our description box as well, just in case if our listeners want to um, explore those options. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing. I had no idea that those existed. So <laughs> I was definitely under the assumption that TurboTax and H&R Block were like the only way to go, um, which just seems like counterintuitive to like have to pay more to pay your taxes like mm -hmm. if that's not an example of the united states 
I don't know what is like, that's ridiculous. Um, anyway, Mm -hmm. Uh, so moving on, um, is there anything that students can do during the year to make it easier to prepare when tax season comes around? Um, I know we already kind of said thinking about it early, like kind of having your platform picked out, um, before, but if there's anything else, like, or if you just want to reiterate, that would be helpful too. Yeah, there's actually quite a few things you can do to prepare. So first of all, it's keeping track of all of your income sources. If you need to make a spreadsheet, that could be helpful. Just keep track of it. So keep good records of everything. If you have a business or self-employment income, you'll probably qualify for a lot of business deductions. Things that are just, you know, if you have a business, standard deductions like, you know, phone bill or driving your car to a client, things of that sort could be tax deductible. And so you'll want to keep track of those expenses, keep your receipts how wherever you need to. And then another thing, you'll want to keep track of how much you paid for textbooks or supplies, because when you get your 1098T, it doesn't actually have the the textbooks you paid for because that's often separate like through the bookstore or online and so keep track of how much you paid for your textbooks because when you file your taxes it'll ask you did you pay for any other required materials for your course and then you can then report that amount and then is that oh oh, sorry um is that tax deductible like how does that fit in how does like um, expenditures on textbooks fit into filing taxes? I can't, yeah, I would say what's important is just reporting it Mm -hmm. and how much of it is deductible or not deductible. I really personally couldn't say, because then, you know, you factor in your 1098T and if you qualify. So personally, I wouldn't know, but I do know you need to report that. And so this year I reported how much I paid for in textbooks Mm -hmm. and yeah, from that point. Yeah. (laughs) That's something I need to remember. I always throw away my receipts and people always tell me to keep the receipts. So then Mm -hmm. at the end of the year or when I'm filing my tax, I have them. So that's something that all of us should uh, remember. Yeah. Yeah. Especially now that it's spring term, if you bought any textbooks, keep the receipts because you may, you know, pull them up next year. And then another thing. So charitable contributions are also deductible. So that means it lowers your taxable income. And so it has to be from a charitable, uh, charitable contribution or a qualified charity. And so an example of that could be the Humane Society. If you donate there, it's qualified. However, if you donated money to your friend if you donated money to in someone on GoFundMe that's just for their personal cause, that's actually not deductible. And so just keep in mind, it has to be qualified charity. And you can look that up on the IRS website if it's considered, if it's you know qualified. And yeah, any other tips I have really would be just, just learn because If you file your taxes and you're still feeling confused, it's because we feel confused when we don't know what something is. 
the way to combat that is to simply learn. And so there are there is a tax at, or a tax class at PSU. It's called federal taxation or accounting 421. I took it last term. I know it's part of my degree, but it was super helpful. And I highly suggest that. But if you don't want to pay money for a class, you can just, you know, look up online for free resources and just, you know, look up on YouTube because that way you can just start getting familiar. What's a deduction? What's a credit? What's a standard deduction versus itemized deductions? And then when you file your taxes, you'll feel a lot more confident. And so those would be my tips for that. They also have classes on taxes through Khan Academy too, um, Academy. Okay. which I think is cool just because it's so it's formatted in a way that we all kind of know. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Or you could like do a crash course. <laughs> yeah. I've yeah, definitely yeah. watched the crash course video on taxes many times trying to understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, but thank you for that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, oh, Julie, if you want to take the next question. Yeah. So this one's probably my favorite question because I feel mm -hmm. like this is an ongoing process for me and I'll always be learning, but what are some, what are some of the ways that we specifically as students, um, can be smart with our money? I know this is a very vague question, so mm -hmm. you can take it in whatever direction you want to take it, but, um, yeah. What are some tips on that? Yeah. It's a great question. And, you know, money is a topic that's often pretty taboo. And that's why I'm glad I work at the Financial Wellness Center because we try to make it something you talk about regularly. And so there's quite a few different aspects to money. There's, you know, income, savings, expenses, debt, things like that. And so we'll start with that. The first thing I suggest for anybody is to just try budgeting. Budgeting is literally just tracking your income and spending or Spending could also be, you know, savings and debt and things like that. And so budget can tell you where your money is going. It can tell you if you're going over budget or under budget. And it's a helpful tool to reach your financial goals. And the thing, if someone doesn't budget, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's really hard to quantify where you're at and where you'll be in the next year if you're not tracking your spending. And so... Our center does offer budget templates and our coaches can help with budgeting if anyone ever needs help with that. And then besides budgeting, another thing I really suggest students to pay attention to is their total amount of debt. If they take out student loans, sometimes they take them every year, take them every year. But I'm curious, are they checking how much they have in total? And this amount, let's just say you take a subsidized loan through uh, FAFSA or whatever, you could, you know, log into FAFSA, I believe, or where it was authorized, and then you can see your total balance. And so I just suggest keeping track of how much debt um, you may have. That way you can start coming up with a debt payoff plan. And our financial coaches can also help with this kind of stuff if you need help with you know, debt, debt payments and things like that. And then another thing I think is essential for anybody is to start saving for an emergency fund. An emergency fund is having enough expenses for a certain amount of months to cover your total expenses. 
So for example, a one month emergency fund would cover one month worth of your expenses. So rent, phone, Wi-Fi, things like that. And once you can start saving for that, you'll just feel a lot more comfortable with your finances because if anything comes up, you can pull from that fund. So that is something that's highly suggested. And so overall, if personal finance is a great area for you, then definitely consider first checking out our website. I mean, we'll have the links, but we do have education modules called EverFi. And basically it's just free modules on different topics about personal finance. I think that's a really helpful place to start. Well, otherwise, if you just want to talk with someone, uh, our financial coaches can also help with that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, just ignoring finances is definitely not always helpful. So today, this podcast is brought to you by, you know, it was meant to be meant to listen to this. <laughs> yeah, those are all very great tips, Dana. And budgeting, I think is very important. It's something that I hope to one day be good at because I'm very excited. <laughs> and so um, hearing this, it's kind of like, I don't know, it was motivating. And it's something mm-hmm. that I really want to work towards too. And especially mm-hmm. like you said, there are templates and there are resources that are offered to students. Um, so kind of use that, take that opportunity um, to check those out. But thank you, Dana, for those tips. Yeah, oh, thank yeah. you so much. Um, I think learning how to save and like what you were saying is having that kind of emergency fund is really important. Um, And sometimes it feels inaccessible to college students because so much of your income is going toward your schooling or there's other expenses going on. Um, And I think, I mean, I struggle with it too. Like I um, definitely am not good at saving my money and like having that kind of cushion. but even just like taking $20 out of your paycheck is somewhere to start too. It doesn't have to be, you have to save 20% of your paycheck. Like the, isn't it like the 20, 30, 50 rule? Like that's a different budgeting tool, oh, but yeah, that's a, yep. That's yeah. A method, yep. Um, I don't remember what the 20, do you oh, remember can, about that? Yeah. Can yep, you explain yep. it? Cause I've heard it so yep. many times, but I like obviously yeah. don't remember. <laughs> yes. So it's called the 50, 30, 20 method. It's basically where 50% of your income goes towards needs. You know what your needs are, rent, phone, things you can't live without 30% towards wants. And this could be clothing or I don't know, uh, going out, things like that. And 20% towards savings or debt. And so this is a great way to manage your money. What I really like about it is it focuses on the saving and debt part. Like sometimes people ignore that. Instead, they think like, what's left over? Can I save that? And then that doesn't always equal 20% or so. And so the 50, 30, 20 method is super helpful. Yeah, I learned about that in my, I took like a college prep class when I was a senior in high school Mm -hmm. and it like changed my world. I was like, oh my gosh, 50, 30, 20. Like I have to do this. And then now I'm like in college and I'm like, well, I'm going to just spend the rest of my paycheck on all the percentages are shambles. All the percentages go shambles. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. So thank you for explaining that Dana. Um, Mm -hmm. And then do you think there's anything else we need to know about just everything we talked about today? We 
I really appreciate you being here. And I know that we only kind of scratched the surface, but I mm-hmm. definitely learned a lot, like how many forms there are for taxes, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, if there's anything else you want to add on or anything else you think is important. Yeah. I think just like, you know, health is pretty important. Having good relationships with people is important. So is having healthy, you know, healthy finances. Like that's a really big part of our life. Like it can limit you in so many ways. If you know, they're not managed properly, it can really hold you back. And in the same way, if it's, if it's managed properly, it can allow you to do so many things. You can feel comfortable with your finances. You can feel comfortable, you know, going on a vacation because you saved that money. And, and so if you're, if you feel like you're not a hundred percent with your finances, I would say just start with a budget and start doing research, consider things, budgeting, debt, retirement, how much do you need for retirement? A lot of people don't even think about that until they're later in life, but it's good to start thinking about it now. Like, where are you going to save for your retirement? Do you have any investment accounts? What is investing? And I think people, based on my own experience and from my own upbringing, a lot of this stuff is not talked about. We're not often taught these things. And if you are very fortunate, if you're not though, find people that do talk about these things, you know, do research, become that person that, you know, takes control of your finances and then start talking about with your friends and ask them, what are you doing? And just start making it a normal thing to talk about because it is really a big part of our life, uh, whether we want to admit it or not. And so, you know, I think when you have the time, you know, maybe this weekend, just set aside some time to start thinking, what do I need to do? What's the first step I need to do to get my finances in order? And uh, so I would definitely say all of that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, there's also like, I, I watch a lot of like TikToks about finances and like mm-hmm. I've, I've watched a million TikToks about like Roth IRA and like 401k, but I, mm-hmm. it all, it goes in one year and then comes out the other. But, um, mm-hmm. I think that's also like a really cool tool. Like the fact that younger people are kind of moving through and learning through social media and stuff like that because Mm -hmm. like you said earlier money has always been such a taboo topic and um I really feel like millennials and gen z like don't really have that luxury to just be like oh like we don't talk about finances because we have no choice like I don't like so many people aren't going to be able to buy houses like they would have in the 1960s or something like I I'm not an expert but yeah um I think there is a lot of power and um a lot of I guess power is really the only word that I can think of right now but like Mm -hmm. there's so many advantages to being able to take control of your finances in any way and it can be empowering to do that like even like that $20 from your paycheck going into savings like that in and of itself is a major power move because Mm -hmm. at least you're still contributing towards your future and your savings and stuff like that so yeah yeah that's my little tidbit (laughs) yeah no I agree with you yeah it's definitely helpful to follow you know finance influencers or Mm -hmm. follow just anybody who talks about it on whether it's social media because you can definitely Mm -hmm. learn a lot that way too you don't have anyone in your real life you know Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, totally. My favorite financial influencer is the, her name is Tori and it's like the, her first 100 K I follow her too. Yeah, When you were were saying (laughs) like that you had a blog, I was like, oh my gosh, Tori and Dana, like, look at them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's actually so many people that Mm. do like finance. It's amazing. Yeah, totally. I've learned so much just from TikTok and Instagram yeah. and stuff. So, yeah. see resources. Catch are me everywhere. in a few months starting my Roth IRA. Like, let's go. <laughs> yes, yes. I Dana, I'm gonna have to add you on LinkedIn so that I can send <gasps> oh, you all yeah. my questions. <laughs> do I would love that. I am on LinkedIn. So yes, yes. Yeah. If you guys want to uh, connect, or I don't know, <laughs> if I want to connect. My LinkedIn <laughs> is Grace Johnson. <laughs> But yeah, those are all very great tips. And I'm mm-hmm. glad like what we've talked about that, yeah. hoping that this topic will be normalized and that resources totally. are out there. Um, yeah. Especially if you're at Portland State, we have the Financial Wellness Center. There's coaches there. It's better to seek help now than later if you think mm-hmm. you need some guidance or just some advice as to know where to start. Um, there's a Financial Wellness Center for you. Of course, there's also other resources such as I don't know, blogs or articles online, but, you know, try to use all the resources you have to navigate around this conversation because it's a hard one. Um, But yeah, once again, thank you so much, Dana, for being on here. It's a pleasure to have you on here. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It feels great to just, I love talking about this stuff. So it was yeah. an honor. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no. It is kind of fun. I was joking about it at first. I was like, oh, who wants to talk about money? But now I'm all jazzed about it. I'm no, like, me okay, too. Dana's going to be jazzed about money. Like, let's go. <laughs> no, at first I was a little worried. I was like, um, I'm going in here with like little to barely knowledge, yeah. you know, of like taxes and just budgeting. But now I'm feeling it just a little confident more confident than I was before and so I'm a tax baddie now like let's <laughs> go <a> baddie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you so much Dana, Thanks, Dana. Grace I hope all yeah, you have a great Julie. one bye all right, bye yeah, take care we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the what's up podcast we'll catch up with you next week We at Shack are fully committed to the physical and emotional health and wellness of PSU students. Please call ahead to use our health services for flu shots, free COVID testing, or general appointments at 503-725-2800. Counseling services are still available via telehealth, and you can schedule your appointments by calling that same number at 503-725-2800. If you're looking for more health and wellness resources, you can check out our online health magazine that gets sent to your pdx.edu email every Wednesday, or you can download the CampusWell app. Also, feel free to check out the virtual MindSpa experience to rest, relax, and rejuvenate wherever you have internet access. We will be including resources links in the episode description as well as a link to the episode transcript. If you have any questions about health, wellness, shack, or anything we discussed in this podcast, please fill out the Google form in the episode description. Thanks for listening and take care. We'll see you next week on What's Up, Wellness from the Third Floor.